Hello everyone, welcome to my channel, A Mindful Career. This is Daniel. I have been running a career coaching business in Singapore, Hong Kong, and mainland China for the past six years. In this channel, I talk about career development skills and also interview other career coaches, HR, working professionals from different industries. You will also get the first-hand information about talent acquisition and human capital development from other business leaders. Thanks for listening, and let's begin our show. Okay, great. Thanks everybody for joining the new episode of Mindful Career.、Uh, today I have my friend, old friend,、uh, Daphne here.、Uh, she was on the show at the first, very first episode. Hi, Daphne. Welcome to the show. Hi, hi, Daniel. Hi, everyone. Great. So today is kind of special, right? So we're gonna do、uh, something we haven't done in the past, right? So we、uh, ask our audience to,、um, you know, send in some questions about their career, about their、uh, confusions, right? So we collect some some of the questions, and we will answer、uh, those questions at this episode, right? So we'll dedicate this episode just for the Q and A. So、uh, you might definitely、um, back here、um, to discuss with in details, right? Cool, cool.、Uh, so, so we have our first question,、um, which is about、uh, job hunting websites, right? So,、uh, what is the most popular job hunting website right now? Is being on LinkedIn sufficient, right? So,、uh, I think definitely maybe you can share your views, right?、Mm, yeah.、Um, so actually, you, I, I think this question, the the person who asked this question has already pointed out LinkedIn as. One of the platforms, right? And、uh, from my own perspective and my own experience, I find that LinkedIn is actually the most popular job hunting website.、Um, basically, because like if the jobs、uh, are available on the job portals, right,、um, it means that it has already been up for a while. And most companies usually post their jobs、uh, in this order. Like they would go for internal hire first, followed by referral from their internal staff. And then、uh, from the company's recruitment portal, followed by the online recruitment portal or third-party recruitment agency. And and LinkedIn being an online、uh, platform, uh, the most widely used social professional social media platform, most about eighty-five percent of the recruiters are already on LinkedIn. So if you have applied for a job, it's likely that the recruiter of that company or some a hiring manager of the company has. You know, come to your profile and take a look. So,、um, yeah. So the statistics have shown that LinkedIn is by far the most popular、uh, social media platform. That's why we use to support a person's job search efforts. So you should always、uh, diversify your job search avenues as much as possible, like reaching out to the other avenues, like probably like、uh, Indeed or like、uh, Career Future, things like that. Yeah, but I would say that. LinkedIn, yeah, is is really good. If you want to ensure that it's um effective and successful, you got to put in enough effort in terms of branding your professional profile so that it looks appealing to hires. Uh, where you are able to demonstrate that you are close fit to the requirements expected of the employers. I think you raise a very good point. I think LinkedIn is very useful, but you also mentioned、uh, companies posting jobs in a specific orders, right? So before they actually goes out. 
uh, on LinkedIn, there are other channels, right? So internal hire, right? Referral from the internal stuff, which uh, I think is very important. Um, we have some discussions here, right? So, so before you actually mm-hmm. jump in to LinkedIn and uh, apply, you know, the first hundred jobs you you see on on the on the portal, uh, there are actually other ways, right? You can you can actually look for uh, opportunities, yeah. right? So, um, you you mentioned about uh, you know a lot of hiring managers, recruiting managers, they are on LinkedIn. Um, so, um, does it mean that uh, maybe people should actually uh, you know, look for those connections, right? So building the network on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. um, you know, as the, the, the priority uh, instead of just applying whatever you see on the portal. Mm-hmm. So, so your question is uh, whether the uh, job seekers should actually reach out to their network, right? To extend their network and reach out to the hiring managers or those that are in that role or familiar with that role. Right? Is that yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, why not? <laughs> why not? I mean, there's a way, actually, it's the most effective way through a referral to get a job. Um, it, it, that job has already been posted up, right? And you are an external hire. I think the fastest way for you to get through, it would be through an internal staff, someone who's already in the company who can actually, you know, pass on your resume to the, the hiring manager. Uh, who could actually source out information about that role and share it with you. Mm. And I think most um, most people, you know, they are actually open to this idea of helping others to referrals, helping strangers to refer. Because to them, actually, it's a win-win situation. They get some sort of incentive from the company for referring, uh, provided that the profile of the candidate is good enough. It's actually, you, you know, it actually looks appealing enough for them to want to um, refer you because it also put their reputation at stake. Yeah, so I think the first thing as a job seeker, what you should do is to make sure that you are a good fit for the role. Right? If you are not, then bridge the gaps. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I agree. I think for for LinkedIn, it is a uh, job portal, right? So they do have uh, you know open positions for you to apply. But I think on the other hand, um, while the other very important. Uh, feature of that platform is also a professional social network platform, right? I have heard a lot of professionals, they share with me, all their jobs actually are not through application uh, on a job portal, right? So it's all through internal referral. And one of the, uh, you know, sources of getting that internal referral is through LinkedIn. So a lot of times, um, you know, people uh, of your connection, they're willing to uh, share uh, your resume, your profiles to the uh, to, to opportunities, right? So I think that's very effective. And I actually <laughs> heard some people uh, saying, you know, if you're looking at particular um, industries, let's say tech industries, right? So a lot of times they are in demand of talents, right? So if you are mm-hmm. actually in active search, uh, you should definitely uh, talk to the decision makers, right? So usually they, they, they don't have the you know, hierarchy, right? Yeah. So you, you will just, just mm-hmm. reach out, reply to you and arrange for interviews instead of, you know, going through several rounds of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, searching, right? So, so I, th- I think it's, it's, it's really important. Uh, I think on LinkedIn, I also wanted to uh, ask Stephanie uh, your views on uh, location specific, right? Uh, so, so in terms of locations, I understand uh, in Singapore, Hong- I think in Hong Kong as well, right? So people do use LinkedIn quite often, right? So uh, for certain markets, maybe LinkedIn are not as uh, popular as, uh, as, mm-hmm. as Singapore and Hong Kong, right? So uh, do you, 
you know, have uh, some suggestions in terms, in terms of uh, people searching for like a referral opportunities, right? Or, uh, you know, how they should expand their network. Okay, so I think in those areas where LinkedIn is not so widely used, then there are certainly, you know, in the digital world right now, there are certainly online, other online platforms that they are using, right? Um, I'm not so sure about China, like what kind of professional social media network is it? <laughs> what kind of social media uh, platforms they are actually on right now? But I'm sure there will be. And, um, yeah, I, I think online is one way, right? Because we are in a digital world and like, I think this year 2020 has actually changed the perspective of most people uh, that online is actually the, the fastest and most efficient way to do things. Uh, but of course, definitely it cannot like be face-to-face meetup. So if there are opportunities like maybe through um, events, right? Offline events that they can meet up with people, uh, it's actually that, that um, networking opportunity where they can leverage on, right? To get to know people on a maybe professional or even a personal level. Yeah, and I do know that in this year, I've attended quite a few uh, webinars and I've seen like a lot of the professionals, right? They love to share, uh, I mean, they love to share about themselves and they love to actually be connected. Yeah, through the webinars, like maybe sharing of their profiles, right? Sharing about, um, you know, the websites that they have done or things like that, their own business, uh, things like that. So I think, Anywhere can actually be, be a, yeah, a place for, for people to network as right. long as you have that intention right, right, uh, right. to do it on a professional, yeah. professionally. Yeah, I, I mean, specifically for China, I think, uh, of course, there are uh, more and more people using LinkedIn, but yeah, I agree. I think compared with, you know, markets like Singapore, Hong Kong, uh, still, right, a lot of uh, recruiters are not uh, necessarily looking for talents on LinkedIn. So LinkedIn may not always be uh, so-called the best way of uh, doing networking in, in certain in certain markets, right? But as Stephanie has mentioned, I do know, you know, there are a lot of, uh, you know, conferences, right? Some actually organized by, uh, you know, some associations or professional bodies, right? Let's say you're in a financial service industry, um, you know, every uh, major cities have their CFA societies, right? So they organize uh, tens of opportunities, right? Tens of networking events or uh, conferences. A lot of them now they are online, right? So you should definitely sign up and uh, you, will be li- you will be able to listen to uh, you know the the the, the speakers sharing, right? So yeah. uh, they may they they are if even if in China, right? So they may maybe not on LinkedIn, but they probably will share with you their WeChat, right, <laughs> or their emails, right? So that's another way for you to keep in touch. So um, yeah. I think it's more on the on the mindset, right? So you have to yeah. know, um, you know, applying through the job portal is really not. Uh, you know, the first thing the recruiter will think, right? So, oh, I'm going to post there. Uh, there are a lot of other uh, channels behind that, right? Through internal mm-hmm. hires, through, you know, referrals from, from, from the colleagues, right? So mm-hmm. pro- probably those are more uh, efficient and more effective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But speaking of networking, I also um, find that like she, most people when they go for a networking event or whether, whether it's online or offline, they, they tend to actually have this um, impression uh, that actually what they need to do is to get to know as many people as possible. But in my opinion, actually, that is not so true because um, what is more important, at least to me, and I know that to a lot of the professionals where they are very familiar with networking, what is actually more important is for you to know the person deep enough, right? So you can spend maybe 20 minutes or 30 minutes to talk to one person instead of you spending that 
30 minutes talking to like five people. Yeah, because then it will be kind of like, you know, take the name cut and um, yeah, hire and buy, right? Yeah, but if that's it, let's say you get to know the person a bit deeper, right? And that's where the connection is built. Yeah, and you can have um, a lot of like follow up uh, conversations from there. Right, right, right. Yeah, maybe I think because of the COVID situation, things get a little bit uh, different, right? So I think we'll probably spend the whole episode talking about networking some 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 other time. But but I, I agree, right? So you know, networking it's really not a superficial of I know this person, right? I met you at this event, but right? it's more getting to know that person. Uh, and you're genuinely curious about what the other person are doing, right? So I think yeah. that would leave a very strong impression, a very good impressions on the other mm -hmm. receiving end. Um, so, so I think coming back to LinkedIn, right? So when you, uh, you know, doing your networking on LinkedIn, I think it's quite important um, to engage the other person on LinkedIn as well, right? So if you do have so-called ideal company you want to join, right? And uh, you do get a chance to connect to certain uh, professionals in that organizations. And when they generate meaningful contents and you have something to say about it, I think you definitely need to engage, right? So uh, starting with a like, right? So that's very simple, uh, but, but, but I mean, this that's just 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 on a superficial level right so probably you want to think of something that you can contribute to that discussion right so i think that will be very meaningful and uh what's important is um you know their colleagues also see probably they are also connected on linkedin right so once you post a comment uh they probably will see it as well right so that's how you expand your network as well so i think, I think that's the beauty of having that professional network uh which will open a lot of doors for you, right? So, so mm -hmm. yeah, so we will definitely talk more <laughs> on networking <laughs> in some episodes. I think both Stephanie and I, uh, we have a lot of uh, experiences of encouraging our clients, right? So to do more networking. Uh, so a lot of very good stories to share, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a very useful tool. Cool, cool, yeah. cool. Okay, we have another question, which is about uh, pay, uh, salary expectations, right? So, um, so, so I mean, maybe I, I want to ask Stephanie about uh, mm -hmm. when a job seeker, you know, thinking about a career move, right? Thinking mm -hmm. about uh, either, you know, uh, you know, horizontally within the organization, right? Um, mm -hmm. Or, you know, outside the organization, thinking about other opportunities. Um, what's the kind of... Uh, right away of managing their expectations, especially I think under the, the current COVID situations, right? So mm -hmm. uh, employers may also face some challenges, right? So, so how, how do I, as a job seeker, know I have the kind of right expectation when going for a job interview mm -hmm. or going for some sort of exploration of outside opportunities? Mm -hmm. um, I think from the job seekers perspective, they would try to actually get, you know, uh, yeah, they try to actually negotiate for a better salary package and all. But from the employer's perspective, they, they would definitely want to hire the best for the least with a due to profit and loss reason. So um, there is actually a gap between what the job seeker and the ex employer expect. And to bridge this uh, divide, job seekers have to be able to demonstrate explicitly what they are able to bring to the table to justify that pay expectation. So what is more important is to know within yourself as a job seeker, what are you able to value add to the team? Yeah, if you know your value actually in terms of the salary, you can always try to, I think there is a way to actually try to match up 
yeah, as long as you are able to highlight exactly what is your value and how you can actually match up to that. So um, uh, if let's say you are actually looking at, you know, uh, getting a certain level of salary, then um, you are actually able to put up in tangible forms, like what you are able to deliver in terms of results. I think for sales, like for those frontline roles, right, there is actually a, a multiplier factor, like in terms of the sales figures, the results you are able to deliver. So if let's say you are able to deliver for the salary that you're getting, you're able to deliver like 10 times the amount as a form of revenue, then that will be able to justify your pay expectation. Yeah, I think, and then for the back, back end and the middle of these rules, I think the multiplier should be around like three, three to five. Yeah, I mean, it's. I'm gonna say something very controversial, <laughs> but yeah. but I think it's 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 just something that is uh, very much practiced in Asia. That I think when employers uh they they hire um you know professionals, they always ask for your past salaries, right? So they they use that as a benchmark or indicator of uh you know how I'm gonna offer you, which um is not the case in a lot of other markets. But I would say in Singapore, uh in uh, Hong Kong, yeah, <laughs> they, they definitely. Um, in, in China, yes, I think to a certain extent as well. Um, but I understand in a lot of other markets, let's say in America, a lot of uh, times the roles actually defines the, 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 the budgets and defines the, the salaries, right? So as long as you, you kind of meet the expectation of uh, from a job um, description point of view, right? So if you meet that kind of requirements, uh, even if it's a huge jump of the salaries, you're gonna, uh, it's not, not gonna be the issue. But I, I just don't think that's very much practiced in, uh, in here in Asia. Um, but okay, that being aside, I think definitely you mentioned a good point that uh, you probably want to think of ways to justify, right? To certain rates that you, you want. Um, but again, I, I also want to advise you know the job seekers you probably need to know the markets right so so just do your research first right so you can't you know when the employer asks your expectations you probably will have some some research done before you give the numbers right? otherwise it just shows you are not very much prepared you don't understand you know the, the 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 industry you don't understand what the um you know the industry standard is right so i, I would suggest you probably want to want to really do your research, right? What's the kind of market rate it is. If you want to um, say, you know, your expectation is on par, I think that's uh, that's pretty fair, right? Fair enough, right? So if you want to, you want more than industry standards, you probably will put a very strong case. Um, mm. I'm not saying you can't do it, but uh, it just just needs some efforts, right? So so that that's my, yeah. my, my, my take on this, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I see, yeah, I, I think it's actually, um, you know, very important for them to do research, like their own market research of like what their market rate is, uh, using platforms like Glassdoor or uh, Indeed, right? But also if let's say they have opportunities to attend interview, that would be the best way to gauge their mm. values. Right, how their uh, their skill sets, their value, and what um other people are willing to pay you for. Mm. So attending interviews would give you the opportunity to test yourself in the market where you stand, mm. uh, and then that would be actually the benchmark for yourself, like you know roughly where you are. Mm. Yeah, agree, agree. Uh, I think uh in in some of the more I think more technical roles, right? So I think especially uh. Uh, if let's say software engineers, I know they have very specific grade, right? For let's say your software developer, uh, for certain grade, 
um, of course, they take consideration of the years of experiences, but a lot of times it's through the actual technical interviews, right? So they will they will assess, right? So where you are at, right? So so I think that's how um, you know it's it's really a kind of genuine conversation between the employer and the, yourself to understand where you are uh, in the market, right? So what kind of the reasonable uh, salary you you will get, right? So I think that's 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 good. But but I just want to put a disclaimer there because I know our community we have a lot of. Uh, uh, young professional, very young professional as well, right? So for fresh graduates, right? So I, I, my personal take is if you're, uh, you, if you're just out of school, you join uh, very structured programs, right? So usually mm. uh, the pay is very much standard, right? So it's not so yeah. much to, to negotiate <laughs> with, to begin yeah. with, right? So, so, mm. um, so, so I mean, you know, I, I, I believe that mm. there's no harm um, negotiating anyway, right? So if they give you offer, of course, there's no harm, but uh, but you have to have an understanding if you're just fresh out of school. Um, it, it's very hard for you to put a very strong case <laughs> and mm-hmm. to begin yeah, with. Yeah. And, and usually yeah. the budget is uh, centrally controlled, right, with the central mm-hmm. budget. So there's not, not yeah. so much that the HR or hiring manager or the program manager can, can do for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think especially now in this situation uh, where experienced hires are being laid off, they actually have more skill sets, more experiences than the fresh graduates. So if they are willing to actually take it low, like they are willing to actually take a lower pay, then it makes the fresh graduates less competitive. So I think this is also one considering factor to put into place. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we, 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 I want to dive into this, right? So, so, so I think the government, I mean, talking about Singapore, I think the government has taken a very proactive approach in terms of providing a lot of supports for both the employers and also the professionals. I've seen similar um, practice uh, in other markets as well, right? But let's just talk about Singapore because I think we both live here, right? So, so we, we know this market very well. Uh, you know, how, how would a, a fresh graduate actually pitch for a prospective employer, right? Since, you know, more experienced uh, professionals are not able to get a job, right? So how am I going to, you know, put a strong case, I'm a good candidate, I can, I can, I can meet the employer's expectation and get the job offers. Any, 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 any um, opinion, <laughs> definitely? <laughs> I think- as a recruiter or as a hiring manager, they would also know, you know, that they can't compare a fresh graduate to an experienced hire. So probably what you need to do as a fresh graduate is that you just make sure you stand out among the other fresh graduates. Yeah, but not comparing yourself to the experienced hires because there's no way to do a comparison um, in terms of experiences. Yeah, because you the, the kind of experiences that you have are different. It's really like school-based projects or like CCA, but their experiences are really like hands-on working in that role already for years. Yeah, so make a comparison if you want to compare, compare yourself between you and the other fresh graduates and how you can stand out among the rest. Right, right. I think to, to, to Daphne's point, I think, uh, you know, I, I do believe for uh, employer to think about um, certain roles, how they design their job description. Right? I think you have to stand in the employer's point of view, right? So in their shoes, right? So I think when they design the job description, some roles are not for experienced people, right? So they know, right? When they design it, it's, it's for uh, less experienced professionals, right? So, so for example, I think certain maybe uh, business development types of roles, right? Certain, right? So mm-hmm. I'm not saying all, right? Certain business development uh, types of roles, maybe uh, they 
probably maybe they have certain preference, right? So because they feel um, young kids are very driven, right? So so they 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 feel you know once I hit, hit the sales target, I will get rewarded, right? So maybe when they design. Um, the job, they probably have that thinking already in place, right? So, so uh, I think you don't have to worry too much, right? So you are in constant comparison with the more experienced people. As, as Stefan mentioned, I think you, you, you probably need to demonstrate more in terms of how you stand out among your peers, right? I think, I think that's probably the first thing you should, you should, you should think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's really very true that sometimes the employers, they are looking out for fresh graduates for that drive, you know, <laughs> like maybe probably in that first few years of your career, you would be very, very motivated and driven. You're willing to work like 16 hours a day in the investment banking field, right? right, so, right. so this is what I think employers are on the lookout for because as you move on to different stages of your life, right, there will be different parties. Yeah, but as a fresh graduate, uh, most of the fresh graduates, I would say, are very driven with a lot of energy. They are actually able to bring in uh, the perspectives of the millennial, fresh perspectives. And also, um, I think their energy is actually quite influential, right? Can influence the people around them. And um, companies that are looking out for such a lively culture will be very keen to hire fresh graduates. Yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I remember... You know, back in the banking days, I, I stayed till like 2, 3 a.m. No problem, right? The next day, still <laughs> as fresh as before. But nowadays, it's just so darn hard to, to do that. Yeah, we need our sleep. Yeah, so, so, so that's, that's, that's right. So, so young kids out there, uh, I think you definitely need to understand your edge, right? So I think that's something, you know, our... My, older folks right so we are older folks we, we can't compete, to, <laughs> compete, compete with you right yeah. so, so take that take that as as mm-hmm. uh as as your edge at advantage yeah. and show that during the interviews right so i think i think the employer they, they mm-hmm. will feel it right so yeah they do value it yes Cool, cool, cool. Okay, so so let's move on to the next question, which I think is kind of related to 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 what we have discussed as well. So it's just a very yeah. nice transition. This question about what can I do if there is a mismatch of the skill sets, right? So it could be, you know, I don't have any experience, right? So like, let's say young, fresh graduates, right? I don't have any sort of experience, substantial experiences in certain field, uh, or let's say, you know, I have, you know, entered the workforce for some time, right? But I'm thinking about something else. I, I think that industry is pretty cool. That function is really, really something I want to do. But, uh, you know, definitely I, I feel there's a mismatch of the skills I have, right? So mm-hmm. any advice mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the actions, the, the job seekers that they can do to, to mm-hmm. kind of bridge the gap, yeah. Mm-hmm. So for those that, you know, uh, have already identified where are the skills gap, they know that as actually, the, the fact that they know that there's a mismatch of skills gap means that they know what is lacking, right? Based on mm-hmm. reading the JDR, based on your own research. So take stock of uh, what are the skills infantry constant like right now and also what are the future of work. Determine what are the transferable skill sets that you can offer to the new sector. And the more transferable skill sets that you can offer, uh, be it in the formal work setting or in the informal work setting like volunteering or in your interests or hobbies, then there will be a higher chance that you will be um, you will get the opportunity for that role. So Firstly, right, identify where there are the skills gap, you know, uh, which are the areas that you need to improve on. Then secondly, it's of course to take actions, right? You don't, if you are in a role right now, you don't necessarily have to leave that role to take on a course or like to quickly jump in or to do it. You, you could take that as an, a learning opportunity for you to 
um, you know, find ways in which you can, in your current role, uh, learn, pick up this new skill sets that you want to do, right? You could propose it to your employers or you could, I, I think employers do value that. They do value new ideas and like um, fresh perspectives, right? So if you have the chance to, and um, you know clearly like what you need to breach, right? Try to get that into your work, in your current job. That would be very um, helpful for both you and your employers. And then um, after that, right? Of course, you outside of your work, you could also find opportunities for you to, to breach all these gaps that you have. Uh, be it through um, maybe the volunteering activities or be it through a site, you know, site projects. I think these are ways in which you can find and gain hands-on experiences in, and that will be very helpful that can translate on to your next, the, the ideal role that you want to go into. So that's one side about transferable skills, right? And of course, uh, not just transferable skills, you got to also know what are the marketable skills. Marketable skills being the skill sets that you are able to transfer to the role and are also the, the skill sets that are in demand and um, you, know, you can market yourself for. So I think these are ways in which you can try to package or like try to maybe learn some ways in which what other professionals are doing and how to sell your skill sets to the employers. Yeah. I feel, um, you know, we, I think we answered the easier part, right? I think as Stephanie mentioned, I totally agree with you. You mentioned a very good point. If you know which industry you're going to go, you probably already identify the gaps, right? So that I feel that's the easy part, right? So if you already know, then there are a lot of resources right out there. You probably, you know, you can take either internally within the organization or mm. externally, right? So a lot of organizations, they, they probably uh, through some training courses, right? So through, uh, as I mentioned, uh, voluntary practices, right? You will be able to pick it up, right? So I think that's, I feel that's the easy part of this question, right? So I think the more difficult part is, I just haven't figured out, right? So, so the gap, what the gap is, right? So, so let's say, um, I think a lot of job seekers I have observed, they will say something like, I think, you know, management consulting is so cool, right? Because they mm -hmm. travel all mm -hmm. the time, but, but not so much, maybe not, right? But, mm -hmm. but they used to say that, mm -hmm. or, you know, marketing is so cool, right? They talk to, you know, different, you know, mm -hmm. uh, agencies, right? Launch very interesting campaigns. I want to do that. Um, so, so, so I, I just feel that a lot of times there are certain misconceptions in terms of what a job actually are doing, right? Mm -hmm. So, so, mm -hmm. so, so for a professional to be able to identify the job, uh, you know, the gaps, right? Or, um, you know, if they just don't know, you know, what the, the gaps actually mm -hmm. are, right? Do you have any, um, yeah. you know, advice, right, for them? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I think to your earlier point about, it, you know, the easier part that, that right. That thing, right? I, I actually agree with you because like think if you know what are your skills get and you know what you need to do, you would take action. You'll be motivated to take actions. But if you don't, you are feeling lost. You're feeling like you don't know whether you're on track or not. And then that's when all the negative energy would come in and it would lead to inaction, not taking any actions. Yeah, it, it is really very true because it, even when some people, when they express that they know what they want, you know, and they, they are going to bridge all these gaps, sometimes they would also have that down period. Like, they will also feel that, but they would still, you know, go into that big, go along that big direction and still take some actions along the way. Yeah, but for those that are actually feeling a lot, uh, like very stuck and lost, I think this group of people actually, um, uh, you know, like, one way that I think what they could do is to 
get started on identifying what you do not want. And that's easier, easier to do than what, identifying what you want. So find out what you do not want and start to eliminate others. So for example, like you don't like administrative roles, right? You don't like it to be too routine. So you know that your role cannot be too routine. You gotta be more dynamic and fun. Or uh, if let's say you know that you, you are not very good at uh, data, you don't want to deal with data, you prefer to deal with people or you prefer to deal with ideas. So that's the big direction. You know you want to do a role that is in this big direction. Get started on this first and then you would find that multiple options would come along the way. And if you're very fresh in, 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 the, in your career, right, you would need time, right? Be patient with yourself. You need time to collect data points. Uh, and one way to collect data points is to you know, dive into the role first, dive into the projects first, dive into do a lot of different things, be exposed so that you can know uh, what you want and what you do not want and you start to eliminate. I think that's one way to narrow down and streamline. Yeah, sure. Yeah, try try out be more experienced, uh, like try to experiment a bit more, mm. and be more courageous in the earlier years of your career. Right, right. Yeah. So, so we we all have a long career, right? So let's say, uh, if you're in university, so I think that's great time for you to explore, right? Do more internships, do some part time jobs, uh, which you feel you know that could be very interesting industry, just go go do it, right? So um, I think for, um, you know, people with slightly more experience, maybe sometimes some other considerations are there, right? So my personal take is really, um, if you feel, you know, very uh, excited about certain industries, right? Through maybe through even, it can be through very biased opinions from somebody else, right? Just heard some two data points, two friends have told you that. But I think once you get excited, actually it's easier, right? It, you just need to validate that, right? So just talk to more people, right? Talk to people who are actually working in that industry, mm. right? Um, mm. And talk to more people who are working in that industry, mm. collect more data points yeah. to validate or invalidate some assumptions, right? I think that's quite mm. important. Um, to, to Daphne's point about inactivation, I, I totally agree with you, right? Sometimes I think if you just, you know, don't do anything. I think that just doesn't 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 continue, right? So you have to start, right? I, I just feel probably getting getting started is is, is really important, right? So I think mm -hmm. if you're at a stage you get excited about certain industry, talk to people, right? That is how you do your explorations, right? If you are, yeah. uh, you know, uh, you know, you, you feel I want to try this, right? Just go ahead and try it, right? I think yeah. being courageous is it's it's yeah. really key. Yeah, yeah. Just just yeah. Don't, don't it really saves a lot more time and your energy when you. Uh, start to take actions because if you keep staying in that cycle of thoughts you know like just thinking about it not being able to let go of that thought you'll spend more time and energy on it but if actually if you just take a step and do it it requires less energy yeah you just do it and get it done okay totally. after you do it yeah. after you do it you'll know whether you like it or not right. and if you don't move yeah. on That's a wrap for this episode of the podcast, A Mindful Career. I'd like to thank you for listening, and I hope you will continue joining me for future episodes. Be sure to subscribe at Spotify or wherever you like to listen to my podcast, A Mindful Career. Follow me on LinkedIn, Daniel Y, K-N-G, and you can see the upcoming events I will organize. See you there.